Hello, hello, hello. Sean Harrington here alongside the one and only John Smith. And we are back with the second edition of the Mr. Irrelevant podcast. This week, we have real headlines sure to make any sportsman excited from Mac McClung's decision and the unique way he did it. Texas sports possibly returning to some fan capacity. Our second divisional predictions and, of course, breaking down the matchups and timeline for the return of the NHL and a mystery topic. I'm absolutely, above all other sports, giddy to see the return of hockey, so let's get into the show. <clears throat> condolences. Before we start, Mr. Relevant Podcast family offers our deepest condolences to the family of George Floyd, a man shamelessly murdered by police this past week. We won't get into the too deep of the topic, but we do offer our sorrows and prayers for justice and for Floyd's death to not occur in vain. Now on with the show. All right, John, why don't you kick us off with this first topic? Because you were the one, you were the Nostradamus. You predicted where Mac McClung went. I mean, hey, when you know, you know. What can I say? You know, I had a feeling deep in my heart that he was going to choose Texas Tech. And guess what? He chose Texas Tech. Now, it's the way he did it, <laughs> which is kind of weird. He did it over a TikTok trend, the wipe challenge. Now, Sean, I'm, I know you know about this, but for the viewers that don't, basically, you stand in a mirror, right? <laughs> and you take like a towel, you wipe it across the mirror. And then I think after the third wipe, you, you're supposed to switch into a different outfit. Yeah, well, he did it and he switched into a Texas Tech jersey. So, I mean, interesting way to do it, but this definitely makes Texas Tech a much more contending team now, just based off this I one can guy. See them. I don't know about winning the Big 12, especially since Baylor still is probably, in my mind, a top three to five team. But... I can see Texas Tech definitely competing at least tournament time for the Big 12 championship. And I think they're definitely a top 15 team when push comes to shove. Because especially now that they have so many new standards are so guard heavy, I honestly see them as a team that really is is national championship contending, especially um, they can match 2018. 100%. And I mean, the NCAA is different where if you have enough guards, you're, there's not that many elite big men in mm-hmm. college, right? I mean, you get like one or two Vernon Casey's a year and then a bunch of, you know, like you get on Yekas and Vernon Casey's and guys mm-hmm. like that. And then you just have your kind of solid big men that kind of just do mm-hmm. whatever. Like Garza, he was the big set. He was a big, big guy. So. Yeah, for sure. And then you kind of have like Casey, like I said, yeah, uh, Yucca, Azabuki, and all them. But then, there's not that many other big men. I mean, Wiseman would have been up there, but he didn't play enough. Yeah. Especially... So I think guard heavy is the way. Especially when you look at the NCAA, I feel like you see much many more big men come internationally. I feel like that's kind of the thing. Especially with the stereotypical, you know, mm-hmm. European big guy that Luka Doncic kind of broke. But if you see it, most guys coming abroad are big men from Joel Embiid and Pascal Siakam to Nikola Jokic and Busevich, and the list goes on and on. But if you look at NCAA, that's where they really breed the, you know, the guards and the shooters. That's really where the game evolved originally. I mean, hey, Kentucky, in my opinion, is guard mm-hmm. university. That's where I mean, all the, the guards university, too. They had 
Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, Demarcus Cousins, Anthony Davis. Yeah. But um, yeah. So back to McClung. If you just look at it, man. Definitely, I mean, it's his decision was definitely very 2020. <laughs> he made the oh, choice yeah. over TikTok. I remember I was scrolling and I see House of Pi. I knew that he obviously beforehand that he committed, but I didn't see the original TikTok. But I see House of Highlights with uh, Mac McClung wiping and seeing Texas Tech, and I was like, oh, that's the way he did it. <laughs> I probably never would. I don't think I would have done that if I was him. I think I would have just had a. And, you know, like a usual casual like Instagram edit kind yep, of thing. Yeah, you're Williams. The best day of my life right there. <laughs> but, um. Oh, man. Crazy yeah, times. Man. I mean, <laughs> if he can work on a shooting, if he can become maybe a 38 to, you know, yeah, 38% shooter at best, I mean, I can see this guy going top 15 in the draft next year just because. Just because of his yeah, athleticism. Just because he has everything else except for that. Like, I mean. He has, I think he has potential he to stick in the NBA. I don't know to what level or to what degree, but he definitely has the potential to stay in the NBA. But the question is, can he stick with the times and rather than being just the athletic guy that can dunk, because really his size and strength, you know, doesn't really always carry over to the next level. But if he can develop a shot, it's tough to see him be anything else but, you know, a star. I mean, if he really develops his shot, he has contention to be a better Russell Westbrook, like a more consistent Russell mm-hmm. Westbrook. Yeah. That won't shoot 25% from three, but it'll shoot 40 or about. So, I mean, hey, you never know. Let's uh let's stay in the Lone Star State. Let's talk about Texas. All right, Greg Abbott, Republican governor of the great state of Texas, made a huge announcement today in regards to pro sports, including the NFL and the MLB. And in and June first, pro sports are going to be allowed to return to an outdoor venue. Actually, no, indoor venues can return as well to Texas. However, only outdoor sports will have any type of capacity, and those sports will, can only return with a 25% cap. What are your thoughts on that, John? I mean, I like the idea. I think, you know, Texas is different than New Jersey <laughs> when it comes to Corona. But I think that this is the right move 100%. Because, I mean, reality, you've got to move into reality at some point, right? It has to happen eventually. You can't live by these kind of things. Sports are huge for all mm-hmm. fans. Some sports keep, you know, some fans alive because it's so exciting and exhilarating, mm-hmm. and people can relate so much to it. And I think that a twenty-five percent outdoor only is good because the CDC has even been saying that it doesn't spread as quickly after surface, mm-hmm. right? So I think outdoor is perfect because, you know, Texas, while it might not be the windiest or the, you know, most diverse weather kind of yeah. state, it's still good, though, that it's outside only because in reality, indoors would just be too 
too much of a risk, in my opinion. My biggest, I have a couple questions about this, though. My biggest one is, how are they going to regulate all the fans? First off, how are they going to say, how are they going to keep fans from staying social distances? And, for instance, if you're going to, like, a Rangers game, a, New, a Texas Rangers game, how are you going to say all fans are going to stay behind home plate and then you're not going to see any fans in the upper decks to socially distance? But if you allow people in, what are you going to say? One person at every four seats? But then what about families? Are they going to have to sit four seats apart? It's pretty interesting. How are they going to yeah. be able to I mean, keep them apart? When I go to games with my aunt, right? I go to games. The, my favorite part of the games is the game and sitting next to my aunt during <laughs> yeah. the game. Now, if I have to sit four seats away from my the only person I'm going with, it's kind of a boring game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I get to watch it, which is amazing, but at the same time, what if there's people in front of me? You know, it's just, it's, it could be just really disrupting to people, yeah. in my opinion. That's the only problem I see. And what, are, they, are people going to have to take tests before yeah. they walk in? That's another that issue. That was a question I, mean, I thought. People's comfort levels, like... You never know. I mean, people's comfort levels could be really, you know, messed with here. I mean, some people just want to go see a game, and you walk up to the gate, and you see, you know, cotton swabs. People are ready to test you. Like, <laughs> You're walking to a hospital. <laughs> I mean, it's all, for the, it's all for the right thing. I mean, I totally agree with testing before people walk into a game, obviously. Yeah. The main article I used was but... from the uh, Texas Tribune. And another thing they pointed out were in the... Um, the, uh, you know, the uh, official order was that um, masks and face coverings were not required. Um, tests were going to be available very minimally. And fans could actually get kicked out of the game if they show signs and symptoms of corona. So if you have spring I'm... allergies, don't come to the game or else you're going to be booted. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, I'm looking at it right now and New Jersey's like I said, totally different. But everything's trending downward. Right? I think the whole world in reality is also trending kind of downward, considering what it yeah. used to be. We can both agree on that. Which is good. And I think for sports, this is a really good sign. Because now we've got soccer coming back. We got this new Texas sports thing coming in. We got basketball. We're not, I don't think, at the point where we can even get in 50% of fans. And I don't think we'll be ready for that in months. Yeah. But I think 25% right now, and while masks is totally a preference for everybody, I, I opinions are opinions, and people feel however they feel about who should be wearing masks, you know? Yeah. But I think, you know, it's a baseball game, and if you want to go without one, it's a risk. But... It's people's decisions, and I think, in reality, this is a good, you know, this is a good rule that they're making. I like it. It's time to move forward, I think, and start getting back into things. Yeah, and another big thing pointed out by Texas governor, who said, this does not denote to uh, college sports yet, but, quote, if you want a prediction, my prediction is, yes, we're going to have college football beginning as scheduled with at least some level of fans and stands. And if you go back to it, Texas A&M and Texas at Austin are going to reopen school in the fall and are moving forward with games as played for in terms of football. 
And then you have to think, college football, that's a big money grabber for, for most schools, especially schools like Texas A&M. That's where they get their money, the football games. So how yeah. much of an impact can having no fans have on these kind of schools and how riskless or how full of risk they should have in terms of returning to play? I think that, I mean, I've been hearing from other people too that, you know, they expect college football to be ready. You know, there's 50-50 on each side. But I think that, you know, college football is a big money thing for maybe not Texas A&M, because they're not as good as Texas, but Texas is an annual top 25 team. Mm-hmm. I think this is big for them, that they expect to be ready by then. So, And another thing, like, like I said before, it's time that we all get ready for sports to start opening mm-hmm. up. You can only go so long without sports. Sports are a big thing for our economy, especially TV-wise. I mean, how much do you, how much is the Super Bowl and how much is the NBA playoffs? Been? Yeah. A lot of money. A lot. So, we, once we get those in, whether it's with fans or not, people will still get to watch it from home. So, but... All right. I like this. This is a good. This is a good yeah. thing. I have another big. Alright, my last thing here for uh, this topic. Does this set a precedent for other states? Are we gonna see states that are close to Texas, like Oklahoma and Alabama, Florida, and even states up north like New Jersey and everything? Are we gonna see them have obvious say, okay, since Texas is doing this, we have to match them? Are, are they gonna start opening up games to fans? Or are these, especially if you look at it from a simply perspective, liberal governors are less willing? To open up than the concerning conservatives. How much of an impact does this have on other states? Well, the thing with Corona is the highest it was was I'm looking at it right now at 36,000 in one day in the whole United States. It's down to 18, which is a good sign that I think we set a big precedent for you know upcoming states to make a decision. I think New York and New Jersey will be the last two to make a full decision because they need more time. Yeah. But I think states like Oklahoma, who aren't as affected as other states, will be ready just like Texas will to make a key decision. Yeah. So this is a really interesting topic, especially since Texas, you know, is one of the bigger states in sports. I think this is a big part um, in moving forward and bringing sports back. And of course, as we all know, even if you're not a hockey fan, you know, the first big American sport to make its comeback official, NHL. Uh, Let's talk about it. So, simply, I'm just going to go over the world right here. Um, the NHL's return will be occurring in two hub cities, one in a Western Conference city, uh, one in an Eastern Conference city. Um, voluntary training camps can return in the middle of June and facilities can open up then without pads or contact. And training camps will, again, no, or, no earlier than July 1st. So that's kind of, that's a pretty long time from now, but at least we have a set date, at least when we expect training camps to return. And the season can start three to four weeks thereafter, whenever like teams uh, teams are ready. And in terms of the playoffs, we're done with the regular season. The 2019-2020 NHL regular season is over. Um, as we saw, the Maurice Rocket Richard Trophy went to 
David Pasternak and um, Alex Ovechkin as they were the points leaders in the NHL. Um, gold leaders in the NHL, I'm sorry. But um, so now we're into the playoffs, and this year is obviously very different from any other. We have 24 teams in the playoffs, including those that weren't in the playoff picture originally, and teams that were. Um, and the only teams that are actually officially in the playoffs are the four top seeds, which in the Eastern Conference are the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Washington Capitals, and John, your Philadelphia Flyers. And uh, out John, west, the, Colorado, the St. Louis Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars. So we see those few teams are clinching the playoff spots. And then we look right here. Every other team um, that of those twenty of those top twenty-four are technically in a playoff of sorts, but they're calling it a play-in round to get in the playoffs. And I'll go over Max real quick here. First up, the Eastern Conference is the eight-seeded and third in the um, Atlantic Division, Toronto Maple Leafs versus the nine-seeded Columbus Blue Jackets, the five-seeded Pittsburgh Penguins, who many expected, you know, with the uh, lack of health they had this year, to even compete in the playoffs, and uh, let alone be, you know, leading the Metropolitan Division top three against the 500 and the worst team in the playoffs, the Montreal Canadiens. The seven-seeded New York Islanders against the ten-seeded Florida Panthers, and um, obviously the most questionable matchup, and obviously one one most likely to have an upset: the six-seeded Carolina Hurricanes against the eleven-seeded New York Rangers. So, John, what are we looking at here for the first round? No predictions or anything, but what are your first thoughts, takeaways? Um, I think that the East is a big talent. Over here, there's the Rangers who have the roster talent to be a top four seed. We're just missing something, you know. Yeah. But they have the best. <laughs> the fact that they're they're an 11 seed is going to be a good upset story. I mean, if you look at it, this is the most likely to be an upset just because they went four zero against the Hurricanes this year. But I was listening to the Blue Shirt Banner podcast this morning. You guys should check that one out if you're a Ranger fan. It's a great podcast. But they were saying the Hurricanes, in some senses, outplayed the Rangers um, in huge ways when they played just because the Hurricanes outshot the Rangers in each of their matchups. However, the Rangers won all of those games in regulation. So that's a pretty back-and-forth series. But if you look at the stats right now, even though Vegas will probably have Carolina as the favorite, I would not be surprised whatsoever to see the Rangers win this game. Win the series. Yeah, I mean... In my opinion, I think the winner of the East will either be the Flyers or the Bruins. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's doubt that. But that's that's why I'm coming out, just because Flyers were so dominant, and now they're gonna get Patrick back. So yeah, and they'll have they'll have Van Riemsdyk back as well because he got her and Hayes. Yeah. So it's gonna be a good matchup there. Whoever they're just sad. Whoever gets in. It's going to be a good match. Yeah. All right, and then those games, all the games in the playoff round are best three out of five, and then all the games going to the playoffs are best of seven, so that's like, the same. But um, out west, we have the eight-seeded Calgary Flames against the nine-seeded Winnipeg Jets, who obviously were disappointed this year of sorts. Um, the five-seeded Edmonton Oilers, in my opinion, I think they're the best non-buy um, team in the entire NHL. They're, they, they're stacked offensively against the 12-seeded uh, Chicago Blackhawks. 
Uh, the seven-seeded uh, Vancouver Canucks versus the ten-seeded Minnesota Wild. And in this series, I didn't even realize how the Minnesota Wild were actually in playoff contention. Because if you think about it, talent-wise, they're the worst team in the playoffs, in the play-ins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then we have the six-seeded Nashville Predators, who obviously, once again, were very disappointing this year. But, hey, they have their opportunity against the 11-seeded Arizona Coyotes. So, what do you think about this one? Um, I think the biggest questionable team is the Blackhawks because, you know, Patrick Kane is Patrick Kane. <laughs> he was one of the best players in the league this year. He was one of the best players in the league this year, but yet the team around him is not very good. Mm-hmm. I think the Oilers are probably the best non-top four team. Yeah, definitely. I think the Golden Knights will probably be the team that comes out. Yeah, I would be the surprised West. there. But um, we're looking at more of the rules. Um, if you're a team uh, that, if you're a fan of a team that's not here, unfortunately, you will not be playing any more hockey this year. The seven teams that entered the lottery that aren't here were eliminated and are entered into a lottery with the losers of the playing round. So basically, what's happening is those seven teams are the only teams that can contend for top three talent. And then the playing teams, they get to shuffle in for the rest of the picks based on the lottery. And actually, we saw this season, it depends on the playoffs, could roll into early October, which would mean, what would that mean for the 2020-2021 NFL season? Yeah, that's that's interesting because, you know, rest plays into a factor, time off. Like, I mean, um, that's why I think people said, are thinking there's about... A, there's a chance that the season, uh, the 2020-2021 season, could start um, in the Winter Classic. That would be an opening game. So that's what? January 1st, the season starts? So we're going to have a shortened season then? This has a lot of ramifications for the next few years in the NHL. I mean, the idea of, you know, having, you know, to stop a season completely at one point seems ridiculous. But now looking at it, it doesn't seem like too terrible of an idea considering everything that plays into mm-hmm. it. We're going to have playoff hockey all summer, and that's just crazy to think about. Oh, yeah. But I'm not complaining, man. <laughs> but, um, yeah. The time that we would be watching, you know, the Olympics and the MB- and the basketball Olympics, we're now going to be watching people skate on a ice rink. <laughs> yeah, um... I, this is going to be an exciting playoffs, man. I'm really excited. This is a really great thing that, you know, it's obviously something that people have dreamed about, seeing these kind of big playoffs. And this is the year, man. This is the year you get to try it out and see, you know, how fun it is. It's obviously probably not going to stick for years in the future, but it's, it seems really fun. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, I like the idea of it. I think it should stick, in uh-huh. my opinion. Gives more teams a chance. Yeah, that's true. However, does, don't you believe that it also gives the better teams... It gives them less respect based on the regular season. Does it give the regular season less, you know, importance as, you know, the Bruins, yeah. who obviously dominated the entire season, did, uh, they have the same, you know, odds of, you know, being a, the number one seed as the Flyers, who, what, had 20 points less than them? Yeah, I mean, but the thing that upsets me the most about this is that I think if you're the one seed, you should be going to get up against whoever's the lowest seed. Mm-hmm. Not, not against the eighth or not. Yeah, you know? and also, um, another big thing is... Because, think about it this way, ready? The fourth seed, who's the worst of the four, 
could ha- could go up against the twelfth seed. <laughs> How that seems kind of yeah, and you also have to remember these top four teams. They uh, are playing each other in the um, to decide the one two oh, three yeah. four seeds. So does this cause injuries? Like, what if you know Pasternak and the Bruins are playing the Flyers, who obviously are heavy hitting, and you know a cheap shot or hey. The Capitals, I should say, a better example. Tom Wilson goes in for a cheap shot and knocks out David Pasternak for the entire playoffs. How is that fair? Yeah, Especially I mean, he probably shouldn't have to play until the Eastern Conference Finals. There's downfalls and there's positives for everything. Yeah. Oh, that's playoff hockey for you. Oh yeah. All right, so. change gears again and go into my favorite segment which is our divisional predictions for the NFL and this week we had in my opinion probably the least competitive division in the NFC that could be that's my opinion but um let's go to the NFC North so let's um we're gonna do our game by game predictions or we're gonna go for each team first Uh, I think we should I think we should start off by going with the team, and then we'll do their predictions, and then we'll go next team predictions. So All right, we're gonna start that. off with the Packers. All right, so the Packers for me, um, the best players obviously they're being led by Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, who obviously had a breakout year for them. Devontae Adams, who's still probably a top ten wide receiver. David Bakhtiari, Adrian Amos, Jair Alexander, and Christian Kirksey. And this offseason they added Kirksey. Um, Rick Wagner, Devin Funfist, who um, obviously they wanted to add a wide receiver during the draft, but hey, Jordan Love to them is better. <laughs> um, they added Jordan Love in the first round, who I guess the successor to Aaron Rodgers, who still played at you know top level last year. But I guess you know better be safe than sorry if they believe that Love. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa! You left out you left out Zadarius Smith. Oh, that's true. Yeah. And Preston Smith. Yeah. Two of the best defensive linebacker lineman in the league in my opinion two really good mm-hmm. ones and uh Quentin Rollins who they drafted in the second round but they did lose a couple pieces here in the offseason and they, of course they were older guys but they're still pretty good they're uh, starting tight end Jimmy Graham Blake Martinez and Brian Bulaga so how much uh these losses um does it impact this team especially since this Packers defense is already kind of light well, the losses aren't... Jimmy Graham's not a huge loss, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Graham is on the downfall. Uh, Balaga is a big loss. He's still, despite age, very productive. Blake Martinez, overrated, but good tackler. Mm-hmm. Makes plays. Not a very good coverage guy. But I think the additions were not good. Mm-hmm. Devin Funches is three years past a good season. So I think they messed up with Jordan Love. Yeah, it's been the greatest offseason. Considering they, I feel like, yeah, I feel like they still got the talent to compete and everything, but I don't see them being Super Bowl contenders anymore. I feel like they're one of those teams that are kind of just kind of easing into a, a rebuild in a couple of years, just kind of you know keeping what they have, keeping at you know their at the top of their peak, and then yeah. just trying to stay stable. If that makes sense. Because in reality, they could have gotten Justin Fields next year. Uh-huh. They maybe could have even gotten Sam Ellinger. Yeah, so um it's... 
there. I don't know. It's kind of. All right, so it's going I don't really. I didn't here. like the decision. Yeah, it was kind of you know. All right. Not all that exciting off season for them, but um, nonetheless, let's get into their predictions. Uh, so uh, Packers, uh, obviously they're already one and zero after you know we both agree that they beat the Eagles in Week 13 at home on Sunday Night Football. But um, week one on the road against the Vikings, I got them losing this one um, just because they're on the road at U.S. Bank. And uh, I know we're saying all this home field advantage stuff, but without fans, does home field advantage actually matter, especially in these closer divisional games? Well, it's going to be interesting to hear, but I don't think that it'll matter as much as it used mm-hmm. to. But uh, nonetheless, I feel like the Vikings match up well for the Packers, and I got the Vikings winning this one. What about mm-hmm. you? I got the uh, Packers winning this game because just because home field advantage isn't as important as it used mm-hmm. to be. Uh, week two, um, Lions, in my opinion, are a bottom five team in the league. Um, I had the Packers winning this one, please. Yeah, it's not the question. And then week three, another next week. Let's move on to the next week. Yeah, um, yeah, this one, honestly, I think this is gonna be the Packers' worst loss of the season, just because the Metro Dome on Sunday Night Football oh, yeah. is a monster. Um, I got the same fans or no fans. Mm-hmm. One and two so far for the Packers as they face off against the Falcons on Monday Night Football. So it's back-to-back uh, primetime games, and the Packers are gonna win this one. I got the Falcons winning this one. I really like the Falcons this year. I don't know what it is. I think maybe that they're healthy now. But there's something about them that just pops out to me. Talent-wise, it could be a playoff team. But in my opinion, in the uh, um, NFC South this year, especially with the Buccaneers at least being competitive, it's going to be tough to yeah. see, you know, having three teams in the playoffs like they did a couple years back. Sure. But, um... They have an early bye this year, um, week five. So we'll go right to straight to week six against the Buccaneers on Sunday Night Football. Look at that. Three straight primetime games. How many do they have this year? They have seven primetime games this year. So if they want to see their Packers. But um, nonetheless, week six, I have the Packers beating the Buccaneers, going down to Florida and taking out Brady. I got the Buccaneers winning here. I think this is going to be the Buccaneers' main upset on the season. Just because I think, I don't know, I just feel, I have a gut feeling that Brady will be able to pull this one out. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's go on to week seven and against the Texans, who obviously just spiraled out of control this offseason. And uh, I got the the Packers. Still a good team, though. Hmm? Still a good team. They're they're still a good team. They're a solid team, but do you really see them in the playoffs? No, that's why I have the Packers winning. I mean, they lost the best football player. I guess we have to see how Deshaun Watson is without any real offensive talent around him. I mean, Will Fuller. I mean, Kenny Stills. They still have Kenny Stills. I mean, but come on now. I mean, they lost oh, no. D-Hop. Their second best player on offense is really David Johnson, so that's not worth too much to. Uh, no, no, Will not, Fuller. 100%. Stop this football 2016. <laughs> Plus, that defense isn't what he used to be. But, um,. Like they, now week eight at home against the Vikings coming off their bye week. I have the Packers bouncing back against this club. This game, which really, in my opinion, is a big part in deciding the division. I have them winning this game. I got the Vikings winning this one. Uh, just because the Vikings want to avenge their week one loss. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we both have one. Week play. nine. Week nine, Packers versus 49ers. This is a tough one. Um... 
Packers don't match up well against the 49ers as we've seen last year. No. And you know both. And they didn't do anything to get better. 49ers didn't get much worse this year, and the Packers did. So yeah, I got 49ers win this one. It's easy. Same here. Yeah, ten, week, week ten. ten. The Jaguars. I don't skip Jaguars. through this. We don't even have to. <laughs> we can skip through week ten. We don't even have to. Yeah. Talk about that one. So right now the Packers are six and three uh, against the going up against the Colts week eleven led by none other than Philip Rivers or Jacoby Brissett whoever's starting. But uh, I got the Packers winning this one. Philip Rivers is the same player as he was two or three years yeah. ago. Yeah. I got the kind of mediocre. Week twelve, Bears coming off their bye week. Packers at home, Sunday night football. Um, this is a tough one for me, honestly. Packers. Bears suck. (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm I'm buying the bear. I'm buying into the Bears this year. I think Nick Foles can have resurgence. Well, Packers playoff form. I don't know. That could just be me, but he doesn't have a lot of offensive pieces around him. So really, the defense is gonna have to carry again. So I got the Packers in this one, but I'm not counting out the Bears this year. All right. Week 13, we already have the Week 14, I do have Packers. the Packers again. Over the uh, Lions. <laughs> uh, I got the Packers again against the Panthers. I have them losing Week 16 against the Titans. Even though they're at home, I think I don't think they've lost a game at home yet. So they got to lose one at some point. I think the Titans are the team to beat them. I'm not too high on the Titans this year. I think they're going to be a playoff team. I don't think they're going to be... Uh, you know, AFC Championship team as they were last year, but I could see him taking this one against the Packers. Yeah. Week 14, I got Packers. That's easy. And their season finale, even though it's a game that probably won't matter in the grand scheme of the division, I have them beating the Bears again to finish the season a realistic uh, and pretty good 12-4. I got Week 15 against Panthers. That's a win. Week 16 against the Titans. That's another win. And Week 17 against the Bears. That's another win. So I actually have the Packers starting off three and five, and then winning eight straight to finish the season off. To finish eleven and five. Eleven and five. All right. Wait, how'd you them go three and five? Who did they lose in the first five games? The uh, first eight games. Uh, Saints, uh, Falcons, Buccaneers, Vikings, 49ers. Okay. Yeah, I had them. Um, their, their losses being against the Vikings, Saints, uh, 49ers, and Titans. So okay. they rattle off a nice uh, one, two, three, four, five, six wins in a row um, between weeks 10 and weeks 15. So that's a big part of how they got this fresh shape. So even though I can see the Vikings being a playoff team in this division and possibly the Bears, I still see the Packers being the uh, top of the division this year and probably for the next two or three years. But like I said, their future's in question, in my opinion. Yeah. You never, you never know. <laughs> yeah. All right, next up, we got the Bears, and they're being led this season by, obviously, one of the best defensive players in the league and one of the best defensive teams in the league, led by Khalil Mack, new quarterback Nick Foles, possibly the end the end of the very short Mitchell Trubisky era in Chicago, Kyle Fuller, Eddie Jackson, Akeem Hicks, Robert Quinn, who arrived this year from Dallas, which I'm not too happy about, Buster Strine, Allen Robinson, and Roquan Smith. So you look at that right here. Those are all defensive guys outside of Foles and Robinson. Are they still a top three defense in the league? A hundred percent. If they play up to what they can. 
yeah. compared to what they have in the roster. And then this offseason, they had a, in my opinion, they had a pretty good offseason, especially with what they're working with here. Um, they added Nick Foles. They needed a quarterback. At least they needed a guy to mentor, either mentor Mitchell Trubisky and help him, you know, get to the next step and go back to at least what he was in 2018, which was a pro bowler. Um, or at least be a starter for a little while. Let Mitchell Trubisky go back to his development form. Um, they added Jimmy Graham to be a solid tight end. Uh, they added Robert Quinn, who was obviously one of the biggest surprises of last year and really helped out the Dallas defense, which struggled without, you know, DeMarcus Lawrence being much. Um, Tegan Jr., who's obviously, even though he's a little older, he's still a pretty good slot option. And they drafted Cole Komet in the first round, in the second round, obviously, since they didn't have a first round pick. That went to the Raiders. But Cole Komet's a pretty good tight end. Um, he's the best tight end in the class. So, it's not a bad offseason, in my opinion. No, I mean, I like Cole Komet. Um, I think the addition of Tegan Jr. is a big one. He's always kind of just there. A good, yeah. you know, a good deep threat guy. I think their loss, though, the big one was Leonard Floyd, in my opinion. Because mm-hmm. yeah, sure. he looked like a bust at first, in my opinion, when he first started. But he really come into himself. I think Prince Mukamara, that's a good one that he's gone. He was getting old. Yeah. Um, uh, but Ha Ha Clinton Dix, man. I mean, he, Dallas needed a safety. They got him. But, uh, I mean, are they really missing him? Was he even going to be a starter this year in... Um, Chicago, if he if he stayed, uh, probably just because they don't have um, Amos anymore. That's a good point. Yeah, you know, my opinion, Adrian Amos is one of the most underrated safeties in the league. He's one of the most underrated players in the league. Hundred percent. I think he's so. I think he's a top five safety in the league. Hundred percent. But um, all right, let's go into the predictions. Let's see what the Bears. Obviously, we have different opinions on the Bears this year, so. Be a little merciful with my uh, choices. Uh, week oh, one boy. against the Lions, they take this one against the Lions. It'll be a very low-scoring affair, but they're going to win this one. It's an easy decision. Week two against the Giants. The Giants do win this one, um, just because I think New York's going to have a decent start to the year. Even though I don't think they're going to be very good, as opposed to you. You have, to, you have them going nine, seven and nine. Yeah. Um, Falcons, um, I do have them winning this one. I'm not too high in the Falcons this year. I think Matt Ryan's still a top 10 quarterback in the league. But outside of that, they have absolutely abhorrent defense, and especially in a you know division with Tom Brady and Drew Brees headlining the quarterback position. They need defense. They don't have it. True. Uh, we have week one, two, three. Yeah, uh, for week one, I got Chicago. It's pretty simple. Lions aren't good. <laughs> Week two, <laughs> Giants. That's another easy one for me. Something about the Giants this year. I don't know why. I don't know, man. But week three, that's the Falcons. That's an easy win. That's coming for a Giants fan, too. Let's just, uh, I mean, it's also for an Eagles fan, too. Yeah, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so we have them going. I'm, I'm at two and one right now. I got them uh, one and two. One and two. Um, Colts versus Bears. I have winning at home at Soldier Field. Uh, they have to win one of their first two at home. And uh, week five, again, Soldier Field. Um, it's early in the season. I think late season Soldier Field is so different from early season. So I have the Buccaneers do take in this one. But they're going to bounce back in week six against the Panthers. So they'll be at four and two um, going to week seven. And uh, what do you have? Week four, I got the Colts winning this one. Week five, I got Tampa Bay. And week six, I got Carolina. So wow, a one and five start. Oof. Yeah, not a good, not a good stretch for them. All right, man. We're, 
Um, they're going against the Rams on Monday Night Football. I do have the Rams taking this one. That's um, fair. Week, yeah, week eight, Sunday Night Football against the Saints. I love being upset, man. Let, give me the Bears in week eight. I'm saying that football, they're going to hey, shut down. I'll be honest. I have the same one. That was my upset. They always get, Saints always seem to get upset at least once a year by a team. Like a couple years, you know, this year, the Buccaneers, who obviously, you know, are different from the Buccaneers now. But, um, so right now, if you include the Packers losses, they have, I've met five and five right now. Um, week nine against the Titans. Titans are taking this one at their home. And then they're going to win against, Bears are going to win against the Vikings at home Monday Night Football, week 10. This will be their first primetime win of the season, second primetime win of the season. So they're at six and six for me right now. Um, going into the bye week. All right, let's talk about a rough stretch here. Where are we starting off? Week seven or eight? All right. So wait, week, week seven or week week seven or week eight? Or where, where are we starting at? Week seven. Week seven. I got the Rams winning that one. Okay. Week eight, Chicago. It's their upset of the year. Mm-hmm. Week nine and ten, I got Tennessee and I got Minnesota. Ooh, so without the Packers games, that's two and eight. Whoa. <laughs> um, by week 11, week 12, we have the Packers winning that one, both of us. Week 13, they are beating the Lions. Week 14, um, Texans versus Bears. Uh, give me a toss-up. Give me the Bears. 8-6 right now. Um, week 15, uh, we had to beat them last week. Bears won that one. Vikings are winning this one. Just a home and home. So right now, eight and seven with one more to play. They got the Jaguars. You can finish that off. So, and then their last game, obviously, we already said, they're losing to the Packers. So after this stretch, um, I got the Bears at nine and seven. Is it a playoff team? Maybe. I mean, with added playoff teams, that's a possibility. But I'm high on them this year. I think if they have a healthy and season, seven. I can see them in the playoffs. Nine and seven. I'll give you one thing. It's a lot different than what I have them as. <laughs> Let's hear it after the bye week. Okay. Week 12, Packers, obviously. Mm-hmm. Week 13, you get an upset, you get upset. <laughs> Lions. Texans, week 14. Bears, week 15 and 16 over the Vikings and the Jaguars. And then Packers, week 17. So... An exciting season of four and twelve football. Oof, that's definitely our biggest uh, differential between oh, the yeah. teams. Hundred uh, percent. I don't know, man. What makes them four and twelve? I don't see it. They have still it's the offense, defense. the inconsistency, it's an average offense. And it's Nick Foles not being in the Doug Peterson offense. That's yeah, but the we key. see it, Nick Foles. But outside of last year, which was really an anomaly, especially since he dealt with injuries and obviously Gardner Minshew. And really, you know, Jag- the Jaguars weren't really that offensively uh, gifted. He didn't really have any pieces around him. He at least has guys like Allen Robinson and Ted Ginn around him. So that could be a difference. And, well, I'm not you know, very high on Allen Robinson. Defense. I'm just not very high on Allen Robinson. I, 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 you know, I've always been a fan of Robinson ever since he was on Jacksonville. Um, Until he tore his ACL, I was high on him. I can see 9-7, but like I said, um, it's the Packers' division to lose. I don't see the Bears winning this division. I think the only team that can compete with the play, um, with uh, Green Bay is Minnesota. But that just depends on if they could win their divisional games. They could just take their two against the Lions. And then they got to, you know, take out the Packers at least once this year. 
But the Bears, I think they could have best be a wild card team. I don't think I can see them taking the division. Yeah. Um, I don't see you. <laughs> All right. Um, next up in the uh, NFC North, the Minnesota Vikings coming off, you know, a playoff upset against the New Orleans Saints with one of the more exciting games of the playoffs. Um, they're being led by quarterback Kirk Cousins, who definitely had a bounce back year. In my opinion, was one of the most underrated quarterbacks of 2019. I mean, the man was a pinpoint, had pinpoint accuracy. Uh-huh. I um, at Adam Thielen now is finally the man in Minnesota. Let's see how he performs there. Anthony Harris on D. Dalvin Cook, who was one of the best running backs last year. Is he a one-year wonder or is he something more? Harrison Smith is still there at safety. Dan- Danielle Hunter and Kyle Rudolph, who in my opinion is one of the most underrated tight ends in the league. And then they added this year. They didn't have a, they had one of the most boring free agencies right here. We're just looking at it. Michael Pierce, Anthony Zetto, Tajay Sharp. I mean, well, Michael Pierce is still underrated. He's all right, but is anything to brag home about? I don't think so. No, I think their big thing though is Justin Jefferson. Yeah, no. I mean, in my opinion, all right, you're going to hate me for this, but in my opinion, he's the third best wide receiver in his class behind CeeDee Lamb first and uh, Jerry Judy. Yeah, I just don't think he's the – I don't think he's as good as people hype him up to be. I think he suffered from a good quarterback and good system. You know you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. With the Joe Burrow one-year-one-year system. But, I don't know, they had a... But this oh. year, unfortunately, the Vikings did have one of the worst losses of any team. They lost to Von Diggs to the Bills in a trade. Xavier Rhodes, in my opinion, was one of the best corners in the league. Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph, Trey Waynes. They lost probably their two best uh, corners this year. Well, I mean, I wouldn't consider Xavier Rhodes a good corner at all. Why? Man's is trash. <laughs> <laughs> He's terrible. He runs He's a multi-time pro bowler. He's terrible. Yeah, he used to be. He's terrible now. Stephon Diggs, you had to get rid of him. He's a bigger. He's the biggest crybaby in the NFL. He went from making the big Minnesota miracle play, then getting his butt whooped in Philadelphia, to now being traded because he couldn't handle, you know, being second fiddle. Mm-hmm. And. Um, Linville Joseph, he was getting older. It was time to cut ways with him. And Trey Waynes, he's still young, but I just don't think he reached the potential that they thought he would. Mm-hmm. And besides that, even Adam, they lost um, LaFawn Treadwell as well, who's one of the better wide receivers. So they lost two of their top three receivers this year. And Treadwell's kind of just. He was low, he was low key a bust. He was low key. A bust. Yeah, I'm not saying he was anything special, but you, you know, you lose, when you lose a top receiver, obviously, yeah. Situations. Like when the Cowboys lost Cole Beasley, you could definitely see that hole in the third receiver, which they hopefully got CD Lamb. But we're not talking Cowboys right now. We're talking Vikings, and let's go to the predictions. All right, I'll let. How about this? I'll let you do your whole season, and then I'll do mine. All right, let's do that. Uh, week one, we already have them losing to the Packers. Week two, I have them beating the Colts. Week three, I have them winning against Tennessee. Week four, I have them winning against the Texans. Week five, they finally lose to the Seahawks from Sunday Night Football. 12th man, if there even is a 12th man from Sunday fans by week five. Um, week six, Falcons are beating a team in the NFC North. I'll give you that. Week, we go skip ahead to week nine. Um, Vikings take this one. 
right? Oh yeah, 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 sorry. Um, um, week eleven, we already had the Cowboys losing to the Vikings, so Vikings win this one. Uh, week twelve, Vikings beat the Panthers. Week thirteen, Jaguars, Vikings. Pretty obvious, Vikings are winning this one. Um, Buccaneers are beating the Vikings, coming off their bye, coming off rest. Um, week fifteen, Vikings winning this one. Week sixteen, Saints are winning. Week seventeen, I got the. Vikings. Um, so I'll finish season ten and six. So three teams with okay. a winning record in the NFC North. That's, um, a, that's very realistic, actually. Mm-hmm. Right. I hand it yours. Let's get through mine. Week one, we got Packers. Week two, Vikings. Week three, Titans. Week four, Vikings. Week five, Seahawks, and week six, Falcons. So five and five going to the bye. Week eight. Uh, Vikings, week 9, Vikings, week 10, Vikings, week 11, Vikings, week 12, Carolina, week 13, Vikings, week 14, Tampa Bay, week 15, Chicago, week 16, New Orleans, week 17, Minnesota, so 8 and 8. 8 and 8? Why is that? Stephon Diggs. Adam Thielen's going to get... Is that much of a difference? Like, I mean... Yeah, Adam Thielen's going to get double teamed. And Justin Jefferson. I get Jefferson's good, but he's those Stephon Diggs. Uh-huh. And we all know that. <laughs> yeah. All right, so... um, Definitely, I think the Vikings can be a playoff team as well. I think it'll be either the Vikings or Chicago that'll be second in the division. I think the Packers are definitely the winners in the NFC North. But the Vikings can take that. I think they, their ceiling is 12-4, and four, honestly, and they could be, if Justin Jefferson fills into their shoes and is a great wide receiver, he, they can possibly at least have a shot at being, uh, you know, first in division, definitely a playoff team. But at their worst, like you said, even if realistic, if, you know, Adam Thielen can produce after being double teamed and Kirk Cousins doesn't go back into his form, especially since, you know, he, has, he struggles with deep ball. Yeah. Well, they're definitely hit or miss for me. 100%. Hit or miss, it's, it goes either way. It's a toss up. Mm. All right, so um, let's finish with the NFC North with the um, the you know the Patriots. Oh, I'm sorry, the, the Lions. You know, mix them up too much. Um, you know, this team was pretty boring to research and everything. They're being led by Matthew Stafford, Kenny Galladay, T.J. Hawkinson, Frank Ragnow, Trey Flowers, Danny Amendola, and Desmond Trufant. They lost two of their best guys. You know, in the off season. Uh, uh, Darius Slay, um, Damon Harrison, as well as losing Ashawn Robinson, Rashawn Melvin, and Graham Gaslow, Ga- Glasgow. So, I mean, without Darius Slay, who is honestly, in my opinion, the best player on the team, what are they? <laughs> I mean... Yeah, I mean, they get true fun, but he's not much of a... He's not as good of a replacement as uh-huh. Darius Slay. They do get Okuda, though, who I think is going to be an elite cornerback in the NFL. Oh, for sure, yeah. In my opinion, I mean, this is a hot take. This is as hot as it gets, but uh, Jeff Okuda was the best defensive player in the NFL draft this year. Um, um, Chase Young has talent or whatever, but I feel like he'll kind of spin a role and be a solid uh, pass rusher. But I think Jeff Okuda has Oh, no, I think Young was the most time. ready. Mm-hmm. Well, Trump, yeah, Young's the most ready, but does he have the biggest ceiling? Well, no, it depends. I mean, it all depends. I think Okuda probably has the most potential. He could be a Jalen Ramsey kind of guy. 
or Young could be the next prime J.J. Watt. Mm-hmm. You I really agree. Um, you know, Kuda's got great vision in my opinion. I see, I see him play. Um, you know, I watch those Rutgers games against, so I know that Big Ten pretty well. But um, you know, Ohio State obviously was, you know, my opinion, one of the best defensive teams in the country. Yeah. And Okuda was just, I mean, he's locked down. As simple as that, man. I mean, can he compete at the next level? Can he have the same vision? Especially with, you know, time moving much faster in the NFL. But, um, I, mean, I think he has a bigger ceiling than Chase Young. Is he more ready? Does he need time to develop? I mean, he's on the right team to be able to develop. They're not doing anything anytime soon. But, I mean, we'll have to see. Let's get into these trash teams. Yeah, I already have him going one and six, um, based on the uh, NFC East as well as the division. Um, and then we'll skip ahead. Week one they lose, week two they lose to the Packers and Bears respectively. Week three against the Cardinals, I haven't taken this one. Um, why? I don't know. Matthew Stafford's gonna have a good football game. I, I there's not much of an explanation needed. I'm just going off my gut. Week four they're gonna get absolutely slaughtered, slaughtered at the Metronome. Um, they'll lose that one bad. Um, coming up a bye at week five, week six, Jaguars are winning this one. Um, I mean, the Lions, I don't see them winning more than five games this year. We'll have to see where my predictions go, but I mean, Jacksonville has to win some football games, and I guess this is going to be one of them. Week seven is the Falcons. I got the Lions winning this one. I think Matthew Stafford and Matt Ryan are going to have a, you know, a slug fest, a, I guess a default fest. They're just going to keep throwing it up. Mm-hmm. You know, Matthew Stafford's his latest garbage time touchdowns. Maybe they won't be uh, that garbage. Um, Week eight against the Colts. Oh, um, I'm gonna go Lions in this one. And then week nine, um, they lose against the Vikings. Week ten, they beat the Redskins. We already went over that. Week eleven, Panthers are gonna win this one. Panthers have to beat a team in the NFC North. Week twelve, Texans are taking this one, even though the Lions are at home. Week thirteen, Bears take it. Week fourteen, Packers are gonna beat them. Week fifteen, Titans beat them. Um, and then week sixteen. Buccaneers come into Detroit and take him out. Week 17, Vikings finish off their season. And they finish 4-12. and 0-6 in the division. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to keep it very, very fast here. Week 1, yeah. loss to the Bears. 2, loss to the Packers. Week 3, loss to the Cardinals. Week 4, loss to the Saints. Week 5, they, I mean week 6, they beat Jacksonville. Week 7, they lose to Atlanta. Week 8, they lose to Indianapolis. Week 9, they lose to Minnesota. Week 10, they lose to Washington. Week 11, they lose to Carolina. So right now, they only have one win. Week 12, they beat Houston. Week 13, they beat Chicago. Week 14, they lose to Green Bay. Uh Week 15 and 16, they beat Tennessee and they beat Tampa Bay. And week 17, they beat Minnesota. You're kidding. Hey, Tom Brady has one bad loss every year. We've seen it. Tennessee? Yeah. Oh, okay. Hold. All right. Where did that finish off? Five and 11. Five and 11? Better than the Bears. Better than the Bears. I got to disagree with them that one, but that's saying. Jeff um, Okuda, defensive player of the year. (laughs) Defensive player of the year. Um. Hey man, I, like I said, he has a high ceiling. Like, is he gonna be ready by week one, by year one? Man can only dream. We'll have to see, but <laughs> um, 
So yeah, uh, NFC North standings at the end of the division. Packers leading it at 12 and 4, 5 and 1 in the division. Um, second in the division is a 10 and 6 Minnesota Vikings. Um, third, 9 and 7 Chicago Bears. Um, they're going to go 500 in the division. And last are the bottom dwelling Detroit Lions, 4 and 12, winless in the division. All right. And uh, you know. Disappointing as always. I got the twelve. I got the eleven and five Packers coming in one. The eight and eight mm-hmm. Vikings at two. The five and eleven Lions at three, and the four and twelve Bears coming in last. What's better about the Lions than the Bears? Matthew Stafford and Kenny Galladay and T.J. Hawkinson. You would not. T.J. Hawkinson. Yes, I like him. I like him a lot. I mean, he's. I mean, he's just a. You know, he's a decent tight end at best. It's, you know, he can make. I mean, he was a rookie last year, so in reality, he's. Yeah, but how much of a difference does a tight end make to a team? A lot. Especially a team that doesn't have much else. Zach Ertz. Yeah, you guys had a great defense those years. All right, let's just get. And you had, you know, big. Uh, you know what, Nick? Oh yes, sir. But still, Matt Stafford is. Matt Stafford's better. Matt Stafford's a great QB. Yes. Not about as far as my helmets will go for that All team. Right, now let's get. Let's get into the most exciting part of this. You know what? Let's get past this, uh, you know, boring NFC North and get to something very exciting. We are starting off a new series to coincide with our NFL predictions. Our NFL positional tier ranking Hallelujah. is the website tier list maker. Hallelujah. And today we're going to start off with the most important position in the NFL. Running the back. Position. Oh. <laughs> and we're going to be using the um, list made by Richard Kellon. Shout out to you. Um, did a pretty good job. I can see he has the Photoshop to the rookie QBs, so he's got it done pretty well. Um, you got it up? Uh-huh. I'm ready. All right. So let's kick it off. Our categories are at the top, all pro slash MVP, which is the best of the best, obviously. Uh, second off is top dogs, the guys that are, you know, top league, the best in the league, you know, and then we got elite. So maybe it's not elite in terms of being the best of the best, but in terms of being above average, above the rest. Um, then we have average QBs, and then we have unproven slash iffy, which could either be a rookie or second-year quarterback that I'm not really uh, buying into yet, or they're just a below-average quarterback, but they're not terrible. And then finally, we have bad, who are just, who knows why they have a starting spot. Now, are we going to base this off of last year, or are we going to base this off of, like... I'm doing this based off of a combination. I'm doing okay. based off what they showed last year, and then what they have potential to do. Or, like, who, they, or like who we know they... Are like based on previous seasons, like okay, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so, um, first off is Daniel Jones of the New York Giants. Um, I have him in the unproven category of that, I don't have him in iffy because I think he has potential to be an above average quarterback, a solid NFL quarterback, you know, an Eli Manning type, you know, never being the best of the best, but always being, you know, pretty good. But I think he hasn't proved anything yet. I, I don't think he's proven himself to be bad yet, I don't think he's proven himself to be great yet. 
I think this is the proving year, though. I think this is the year that he moves up or down. Um, I have him right now at an average. I mean, last year he was uh-huh. he was good last year for a rookie quarterback. Can't even lie, he was good. And I think he's only he's only gonna get better in reality. Yeah, he fumbled far more than that's rookie. That's look at yeah, Talk it's rookie though. things. It's rookie. Those are lessons that you learn throughout your career, you know. And besides, when you look at mm-hmm. it, all right. Next up, we have. Ouch, that hurt. <laughs> when you look at it, he's he's coming from Duke. He wasn't uh under the pocket. Like he wasn't uh handing the. He wasn't getting the ball from underneath center. Now that he's with the yeah. Giants, it's a totally new thing to you know understand, especially with Saquon. But the biggest thing is, though, is he going to be the kind of guy that fills the statue just because, you know, he's just tossing it off to uh, Saquon Barkley, which is one of the biggest knocks on Dak early in his career, and kind of still now. Who knows? But um, is it going to be a knock on him saying, oh, he just throws little screen passes, little drag routes to uh, Saquon Barkley, and that's why he's getting so many yards? So is that going to be a knock to him, or is he going to find ways to, you know, throw to his receivers, even though he doesn't really have mates here? distribute the ball and considering how good Slayton I think is going to be next year and hopefully yeah he definitely has a really interesting story I think he definitely has a lot of potential but I think he has yeah. a lot of potential to be you know a guy who just fizzles off but up next up we have Teddy Bridgewater who obviously showed himself to be a starting caliber quarterback again in the NFL after a freak injury he was back on the Saints brought the Saints you know kept them competitive kept them in the hunt and the, I have been the average QB territory. I don't think he's bad just because, you know, he's talent-wise and success-wise, you know, he's you know he's, pretty, he's good at that. But I just don't think he has that ceiling this year. I don't think he has the tools around him in Carolina other than Christian McCaffrey. They're kind of yeah. terrible. But um, I think he has the potential to be, you know, just a solid QB just to keep him in the hunt. Yeah, and, very you know, average. Competitive in every game. They need a guy to hand it off to Christian McCaffrey. He's a pretty good uh, nice guy. Nice guy, Tom Brady. All right. Um, ooh, this is a tough one. I think it's going to be elite um, for me. You know, in my opinion, greatest QB of all time, greatest football player of all time, not talent-wise, but just, you know, off the, you know, skills and everything. But based on last year and what he's going to do this year, I think he is above average just because he has Mike Evans and Chris mm-hmm. Dobwin helping him out. So that's going to be a big part of it. And Gronk. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah, I think he's, I don't think he's elite, even though he's in the elite category, but I think he's above average for sure. All right. Next guy you up. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Now. All right. I have him in. Oh, this is going to be a tough one for me. Um, I have him going in the top dog here. I think he's going to fall off a little bit this year just because eight has to get to someone at some point. Um, I think he's still going to be a great quarterback. I think they're still going to be, obviously, a playoff team. But I think he's going to not, you know, fill the statues yeah. as he's had his entire career. I think at some point he'll fall off. And I think it's going to be the year that he starts it, at least. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I see. What about you? I see him as a top dog just because he's Drew Brees in reality. But he is 41. All right. All right, Jared Goff. Um, today yeah. he's iffy. He's an iffy part of it. I'm slash iffy. Um, he had, you know, a great year in 2018. Obviously, went to the Super Bowl. And then 2019, he wasn't terrible, but he wasn't, you know, wasn't when he was in 2018. So, um, it was just a bad year. Maybe it was a year of, you know, reca- recalibrating, relearning. We'll see how the brands are this year. I'm not too high on this year, but, you know, I think he has time, definitely, to, you know, change his ways in the NFL and still pay, pay a good career for him. 
But I think he has to do it soon. If you want I mean, to he's still got good receivers job. and good tight ends there. So he has weapons. I'm hoping he gets it back into how he really was. Mm. All right. So we, next I'm up, we have Kyler Murray. What I'm do you have, Matt? Is what I'm going to put at. Especially now that he's got DeAndre Hopkins. A healthier mm-hmm. Christian Kirk, who was an underrated receiver last year. So I think he'll be. Yeah. I think we'll see a much better Kyler Murray this year. To me, I think he has proved himself. I think he has potential. I think he could get. I think he has the potential to be injury ridden. We pray that he isn't, but I think he has the potential to mm-hmm. have that just because of his build. But um, I'm gonna put him in the above average tier alongside Tom Brady, especially since if Tom Brady's there, I think Kyler Murray's there because it's, considering he had a much better season. And considering stat-wise, he's probably a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Would I put him as a top 10 quarterback? No, but he definitely has the potential to be there. So I'm going to put average. I can see that too. All right, next up we have Jimmy Garoppolo, the guy who led the 49ers to a Super Bowl. You know, didn't have the most exciting season stat-wise, but he leads the team to the Super Bowl. We got to have recognition for that. So I'm going to put him in average. You know, I feel like he's a game manager. But, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good one at yeah, that. So game manager. To be an average he does... All the things you need to win, and then with the defense too, and everybody else kind of helps him along. So, game manager. I'm not gonna lie though. I kind of wish that before you guys won that Super Bowl. I know, you know. Congrats to Patrick Mahomes. He's a great guy. I think, I think it's been great to see the 49ers win a Super Bowl just because you know it would have. I mean, would have validated. No, I, I'm, I'm glad I saw Mahomes get the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think I, I think oh, yeah. Mahomes is gonna win a bunch during his career, definitely. All pro. But, um, Russell Wilson, <laughs> um, he's gonna be the first guy in the All Pro MVP here. I think honestly, 2019, he had a, he got yeah. better. That could be just me, but the Seahawks went from a wild card team last year to you know a better wild card, a wild card team, but being a really good one at that, you know. So, obviously, I think Russell Wilson, to me, is a top five quarterback in the NFL. I think he definitely showed that from being top ten, you know, definitely somewhere in the top ten, to being for close. sure top five. Mm-hmm. 100%. I can see being an MVP candidate here. All right, next guy up. Mm-hmm. Who do we got? This is Matthew Stafford, like your guy. <laughs> just all talent, just all talent-wise. Elite? Um, He's got you know what? I don't have to agree with you on that one. Um, I'm gonna put him in the above average class elite tier. I think mm-hmm. he's a fantasy quarterback, though. I don't know if you could say, oh, he, you know, he's the guy. He's no. not gonna lead the Lions to the Super Bowl ever in his career. Then he just doesn't have enough time. But I think he's the guy. I think he definitely is a franchise quarterback. I definitely think they can rebuild around him at least mm. for the next five or so years. But is he really the kind of guy that you're gonna say, oh, you know, he's gonna? Lead them in, in any facet. I feel like these guys are gonna fill up the stat sheet. Yeah, but as of but right now, really he is a lead. As of right now, he's a lead. Oh, my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up, we have Kirk right? Cousins, and um. All right, I'm gonna hit you. With, I'm gonna hit Ooh. you with a surprise. I'm gonna get him as a top dog. He, last year, to me, he proved himself as a top ten quarterback in the league. He wasn't throwing off little dinks and doinks to Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook was a running back. He was, you know, getting handoffs. But Kirk Cousins was throwing, you know, I think the best ball of his career. 
and definitely solidified himself, you know, for his contract at least. And definitely, he's you know one of the most active QBs in the league. And honestly, as you well, know, now we'll see how protégé. he does without Stephon Diggs. How much that takes a toll on him. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Aaron Rodgers and. Uh, Top dog. I got to think about this one. Touchdown numbers are down. He still doesn't throw a lot of interceptions, which is good. But the touchdown numbers are just too down. Mm -hmm. He kind of got carried. Mm. All right, you know, I'm going to agree with you on this one. I think, you know, if Kirk Cousins is on top dog, I think you got to give that to him as well. Um, you know, he hasn't done anything really to prove himself as a worse quarterback other than, you know, the touchdown numbers. I still think, you know, he has the talent and the explosivity as, you know, like Patrick Mahomes Sr. Um, yeah. I definitely, you know, he's, I, even though they drafted Jordan Love, he's the future mm-hmm. of the Packers franchise. And I don't, you know, we'll see where that goes, but, you know, All I right. think he's definitely um, still one of the best in the league. All right, Dwayne Haskins. And even though, you know, you say, oh, he's unproven, he's unproven, to me, he's a bad quarterback. In the last year, there's a difference between being unproven and showing signs of promise. To me, he showed no promise as a quarterback. Um, I don't see it. I think I see him fizzling off. I see the Redskins struggle this year, even though I don't see them doing so. Um, I could see them, you know, possibly drafting for just drafting uh, Justin Fields or, you know, at some point, you know, a quarterback in the next 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 year or two. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think, I don't think he's the so. answer, but I don't think we've seen enough of him. Because in reality, he got thrown in with an interim head coach in a really bad team. So, I mean, you haven't seen what he really could be. Now, here's the big controversial made, but, yeah. ones. All right. Oh, oh, oh. boy. Here we go. <laughs> All right, um, Dak Prescott. Oh, yeah, it's coming. To me, I knew that was coming. He is a coming. top dog in the NFL. He is a top eight quarterback in the league. I'm sorry, but he had a good offensive line last year. He didn't have a great one. He's gonna. He didn't have the best weapons in the league. He had good ones. He didn't have the best record last year. But you know, wins are a team statistic. You know, the defense struggled. We had the best offense in the NFL last year, and he was the leader of it. So even though we didn't get the wins, if you want to put Matthew Stafford as an elite quarterback just because he filled stats, Dak Prescott does the same, and he gets the wins. Because outside of last year, Dak Prescott still has made the playoffs two of his last four years in half his years in the NFL, as well as, you know, not missing a single game due to injury. I think at all the hate he gets is undeserved. He's a great guy. He doesn't deserve $40 million, in my opinion. But he deserves his money. He deserves respect. And, you know, to me, he's a top dog in the NFL. Well, okay, Martin Luther King. Thank you for that speech. Um, I put him as elite. <laughs> I think, truly, he's a, oh a good receiver. He's a good quarterback. Now, why is that? Elite who is... Mari Cooper, Michael... To the... Top two running back. Yeah. Here's. here's... Oh, thank you for that, man. I really appreciate that. I'm gonna keep you on record for that. As you get all these top two running backs in the the NFL. 
But um, here is my biggest predicament here with Carson Wentz. Talent-wise, he matches up with any quarterback in the NFL. I think, you know, raw talent-wise, he's arguably one of the best in the league. I mean, I'm sure you'll agree with that. I think if he stayed healthy, he'd be all-pro slash MVP. But to me, I think the health really brings him down. I mean, you can't just say, oh, he's top of the NFL, even though he has injuries. And then you look at it and say other guys who struggle with injuries, you know, you just you, you look at them but ignore him. You know, Carson Wentz is one play of the more injury-riddled quarterbacks in the NFL. You can't argue that. Yeah, well, that's, he's still face. He's still injured. Part of it. Kind of a. That's not a controlled. That's not. It's not like a torn ACL. That's yeah, a you, third. Oh, yeah, I know. He hit. did tear ACL two years ago, but he, you have to say he still has missed games in in almost every season in NFL, and still intermittently you know, missed games. So Good even point. though you know, I think he has a talent to be an All Pro slash MVP. To me, he's a top dog. I think he's at the level of Dak. Simple as that. I wouldn't say. Okay, thank you. Because everybody says he's injury prone. He's not injury prone. He's not injury prone. What? He's definitely injury prone. No, he's not. You can't argue that. No, he's not. Carson wants injury prone. Correct. Am I wrong? In what way is he not? He hasn't. He, he, dude, he hasn't won a football. He hasn't won a playoff game in his career. He's played in half of the game. Carson has not won a playoff game in his career. And why is that? You I mean, he's played in half of a game. Not even. A fourth of a game. Okay. 20 CL, freak injury. Yeah. He's, he keeps getting hurt. He keeps getting yes, hurt. Yes, it is. It's a freak injury. It's a freak injury. It's not a freak the injury. The back injury was something not noticed. It still happened, man. And the dirty hit to the head was an illegal hit in reality but he's healthy now that's the thing it doesn't matter man it happened I mean he, you say that but in 2017 he was okay but now. since the end of the 2018 Bro, season he's been healthy okay but he's healthy now 2018 he only played 11 games didn't play didn't play in the playoff game 2019, I'll give you that. He had and then this year, fully healthy, then he, then he we saw what he could really do. With, look at the minimal weapons he had. No receivers over 600 yards. A dirty hit. It doesn't matter. He got injured. He so got injured when it, what would you say? What would you say if Dak got hit in the head? What would you say if Dak got hit in the head? It doesn't matter. He got and got knocked out for the game. He got hurt. Got hurt, but Nobody, like you can't avoid a hit like that. You can't avoid a hit like that. Then why is that? There's statistics. There's statistically no. very similar. There's statistics. You can't avoid a hit like that. Very there's nothing you can do. Carson Wentz is more talented, but you can't. He, you could look at him as like a David Carr. David Carr was great talent. I think he would have blasted him in the league because he got getting hurt. And you say, oh, he got hurt because of a, a, a bad offensive line. Well, yeah. He still got hurt, and you see, he's still a what if story. And if Carson Wentz goes down this path in the rest of his career, he's out of the league by 30 just because he keeps getting hurt and hurt and hurt. How do you know that? He's 27. And he's, hasn't fully, he's literally and, fully and, healthy. And, and has gotten hurt every single one of those years. He's fully healthy because he is. But Dude, that's, you say oh that, God. but he was fully healthy last year. That's, a, that's a cheap hate. There's nothing you can do. Year, that how do you know he's not going to get hurt? 
How do we know that? Okay, but it's a cheap hit. Sean, but he still got you, hurt. what would you do His if you got nailed in the head? For the NFL for a long you would be knocked out for the game. Any quarterback would have been knocked I don't know. So I'm any not, I'm not quarterback an I'm not who had a defensive lineman. NFL players succeed, you have to, you have to hang in there. It's not his fault that he's injured. You know, two years ago, you could have made an argument he's injured. It just happened. Now, now you can't. Down his career. Now you can't. And he played 16 in 2019. He still is. He, he only played 11 games last year. Sean, you can't do anything when Jadavian Clowney, defensive lineman, has his helmet coming straight at yours in a cheap, in a cheap shot. There's nothing you can do to protect yourself. When he dove, there's nothing you can do. And yet he's still better than Dak Prescott. I mean, I don't know what to say, man. He got hurt. Yes, he like is. he's a top dog. You do you agree with that? Yes, he's still better he's than Dak Prescott. He's not better than Dak Prescott. Yes, he is. We could have an argument. Uh, think about it like this. Think about it like this. But... He made the playoffs so with have, the man? worst Let's offense. The Eagles defense was not that good. But a worst defense. The Eagles defense was not and that a worse good. And a worse Ours was not good either. What? Ours was not good either. Ours was terrible. Our defense was terrible last year. You don't have better coaching. Okay, we have better special teams. We have better coaching. Oh yeah, we do. You don't. You had better coaching last year. Top dog. Yeah. All right, so let's move on here. So what do you have to care about? We have still a bunch of quarterbacks to do. All right, so we agree with that. Um, Gardner Minshew, for me, he's unproven. I think he has potential to be a, an average NFL quarterback. Nothing better. Obviously, they're tanking for Trevor. Um, that's why they got rid of most of their pieces, including Jalen Ramsey. But I'm unproven. I think he's kind of in the short end. Yeah, I have average. Kind of what you said about Dwayne Haskins. He's just kind of. He's just kind of average. He's a. But um, he's a worse Jimmy Garoppolo. Average. Yeah. All right, for me, Deshaun Watson is a above average quarterback. I think he's he's knocking on the door. Yeah, for I got his top dog just based off his. See what he does this year without DeAndre Hopkins. I think he's the potential to be a top dog. I think he definitely has more talent than guys that are top dogs, including, you mm-hmm. know, Kirk Peasants. But we just have to see what the, yeah. I think we, I literally just have to see what he does this year without. Uh, I have him as a lead. Ryan Tannehill, I have him as an average quarterback. I don't know. I just like his game. A lead for what? What did he do? Hand off there. This Henry? is something about his game. Everybody overlooks the fact that he's what about his, oh, yeah, he has a better game manager job. than Mark. most game managing quarterbacks. Nah, I don't want to say Wait, that. Okay. Jimmy Garoppolo Jimmy plays in a better system. You can't deny that. Right? If Derrick Henry wasn't as much of the worst course as he was last year, the, yeah, the Rams would not, I mean, the Titans would not be in the in the. But he still managed to. Ryan Taylor had very little to do with that. Very little. Derrick Henry turns it on the still managed time, to and then it coincides play well with, enough. with the trade Sean. for Brian Tannehill. 22 touchdowns to six interceptions. He played well enough? Yeah, he played average. He played average. He didn't play at elite 22 level. touchdowns to six interceptions in the games he played. A 117 passer rating. He doesn't Actually, play the same. You're saying he plays the same, same, same level as Matt Talent-wise, as a guy like Dak, Kirk, Matthew, and Tom Brady. No. 
Oh, get out of here. And yeah, I agree Come with on. that, but talent that wise. That person is a hundred times better. No, I said talent wise. That's what you just no, said. No, Dak Prescott has more Brian weapons Cannon around him. Dak Prescott has more weapons. He's more mobile in the pocket. He has better people. Dak Prescott has more weapons. He's a ten times better person. He has ten times the player Ryan Tannehill is. That's a running back, not receivers. Ryan Tannehill had he had Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry's no. Derrick Henry's not. Derrick Henry's not a screen passer like Zeke Elliott is. Dak Prescott. Okay, yeah, he's All got right. Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup. He's got Cooper and Gallup. Cooper and Gallup. All I'm going to say. Best default quarterback in the league. Oh my god, Amari Cooper. Thousand plus yards. Michael Gallup's a good wide receiver. He's not like, you're really like, I feel like I have Calvin Johnson and Jerry Rice. Okay, it's okay, you still, still gotta get, you gotta it's still too accurately to him. Michael Gallup had a bunch of drops. Malcolm, still Michael two Gallup elite had a bunch of props this year, and Dak Prescott was still top five in the league in passing yards. I just, I see. But they dropped the ball on everything. I don't know, man. I have him All as right, my first um, bad. Philip Rivers, I have him as. He sucked last year. Bad. I don't think anything about his game though. Twenty bad. interceptions. Everything about him is average. He's a considering you have Keenan Allen. Well, I'm pretty sure he had more, but that's it though. They double covered. I just year. I don't think he's good anymore. I watched some games. I did actually watch. in my opinion, I don't think he's anything different. He's a bad quarterback. He hasn't had any bad. He didn't have. Bad year last year. Virginia only reason he was you know, decent last year was because of Austin you know, They moved on because they needed, you know. That's the only reason. You know, get younger. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. um, you know, Lamar. Next up, we have Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And uh, to me, he is a top dog. I, yes, even though he won MVP last year, I think mm-hmm. he's he still has to consistently. Touchdown interception ratio is like really good. Which he hasn't done. But in reality, all right, didn't throw the ball as much as uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, Deshaun Watson, those kind of guys. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, with the rest of the corrects, let's go on. You know, let's go. Let's go on right here, real quick. Ben Roethlisberger, I have him as average, especially mm-hmm. think he had average. over the hump, especially with that huge injuries last year. I think he's not going to be the same player as he was in the past. All right, Drew Locke. I I have him I as have unproven because I, I think he's he actually a franchise quarterback. I think he played out a little bit too. Derek Carr for me, he's above average. I think he's so underrated. This yeah, I think year. he's. I have him elite I think he's above average, average just because he's definitely above average. He's a very accurate quarterback. I haven't played yet. Justin Herbert, unproven. Obviously, I think he. I don't know what his potential yet. I think he can be solid. I don't think he's ever going to be great, but we'll see what he does. Uh, Patrick mm-hmm. Mahomes, all pro slash MVP. I think he's the best nope. quarterback in the league by a long shot. Sam Donald, this is an interesting I one. I would argue that. Um, here we go. Sam Darnold. I think he's still improving. I know he's in his third year, but you know he hasn't had really any huge pieces around him, especially since Le'Veon Bell kind of disappointed last year. I think this year is a huge proven year. To say between you know is he in a bad average? Quarterback? He's I think got he has talent of a top dog, but we'll have to see. But what yeah, he gets the O line sucks. 
it barely got any better. Mm-hmm. The receivers still suck. Quincy Nuwa's not even on the he's still on the PUP. He's on injury reserve too. Yeah. I mean the receivers suck. They lost Robbie Anderson. <laughs> they didn't get any big free agent receiver. Levy Yeah. Especially considering how do you lose Bobby Anderson? He's your number one receiver. How do you lose one more receiver that bad? Like, yeah, I mean, they're they're one. Of, yeah. they're, they're, in my opinion, I think the Jets are one of the more boring teams in the NFL this year. I don't think they're gonna be terrible. I don't think they're gonna be good. I don't know. Um, to a title by low, I'm proven. I think, I think he mm. could be mm, stealing Patrick Mahomes. I like. I think he has a very similar type. I think he's that's about yeah, build, that but hip, he has a type. He's he's mobile and has a great accuracy and power. But like I said, I mean, hey, well, if he, didn't, if he doesn't have injury problems. His injury is career. Uh, now we're doing, I guess it's a I was unproven. He played, I think, in one game I have last year. I know he's unproven, but I don't think Yeah, any. one game, though. You don't, you, don't know, you don't know how much potential he has. It's based yeah, off one game. Yeah, but he doesn't game. have any potential. One game. Yeah, we just it's go one for game. college. He's a barely above-average quarterback. Like, I mean, that's, like, that's like if Joe Burrow came in and threw five interceptions in his first game and it didn't play for the rest of the year. Like, are you going to say he's as bad or are you going to say he's ditched, didn't get enough chance? Oh, five interceptions with five interceptions. Jerrison has no potential. Like, you're really going to say he's at the same level yeah, as... so they're like, both at the same God, level. ...as Tua Tagovailoa? No, he's unproven, technically. That he can be a quarterback. What does he, he have to prove? What does he have to prove? Well, you don't know that. But he doesn't well, have... Technically, he is going to be a starting quarterback. I don't see a way that he's... I know that. Well, All right. like, nobody's holding to those standards. They're just holding oh, him in as a franchise you know, place right. in until they get Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> No, they're going to suck. I don't though, I, they're kind of in a weird situation. They're not going to be terrible next year. Right, let's okay. go. Josh Allen, average. They still got a great team. They still have one of the best defenses in the league. Cable will be in a team to assume. I think it's potentially above average this year. Too close, but. With that team, definitely can be them to the Super Bowl. Depends on how he ha- is with Stephon Diggs, man. If they can click. Bad. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitchell Trubisky, I have met bad. Mm-hmm. Definitely disappointed a lot of people this year, especially after having a pretty good 2018. I think he's average. Baker Mayfield, I think he's unproven. He has one good year, one bad year. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow, obviously unproven. And Matt Ryan, for me, is a top dog in the NFL. Mm hmm. Talent wise, yeah. All pros. He's a top three quarterback. I know the stats might not be there and the wins losses. Talent wise, but I can see that. I can I can see that. I can definitely I can definitely. I mean, let's look at his stats right here. I don't know what's gonna play out this year though. Like, because MVP year he had one of the best he had one of the best seasons in, in NFL history. But do you really yeah, see him replicating anything great, especially since he's just getting older? Is he gonna be a Drew Brees type guy? Because two years ago. 35 touchdowns. I think mean, that's fair. I think he's definitely at the top of top dog. Or, you know. At 34. That's a hell of a year. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, yeah, definitely. So that wraps it up. Like, quarterback. It just depends on where it shakes out next. This- you know what? Yeah.
this was a pretty exciting episode of the Mr. Irrelevant podcast. Obviously, we uh, ran along just as like last time, but um, you know, it was a really interesting episode. We definitely talked about the NFC North. Um, you know, I'm looking forward to sports returning. Um, I'm hoping the NHL return is you know as close as July 1st as it counts. And um, I'm curious to see if Texas, you know, set the precedent for other states in the returns. I think we're definitely in for a lot more headlines this year in terms of sports. But nonetheless, we'll be back next week, uh, headlines or not, with another division prediction, another um, position review, and writing more headlines. I'm Sean Harrington, and this is the Mr. L. Irrele-